You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. has had some brutal circumstances, losing a husband and two children. Had to be a brutal circumstance. But this happened because of bad choices when they went to Moab. But God still had a plan for her. God still had a plan for Naomi. He still had a future for her. He was still at work in her life. And we must always remember that no matter how bad things get, and even when we mess up, God's still at work in our lives. As believers and followers of Christ, there are two key responses that we should have when it comes to tragedy, sympathy, and faith that God redeems tragic situations for the greater good. In today's message, Pastor Dave reflects on how God will redeem Naomi's poor decisions, which ultimately leads to the family line of the Messiah. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, as he continues his message, The Long Way Home. We should be bringing people to the house of the Lord, not keeping them away. If she was going back to Bethlehem, she should have taken her two daughters with her. They started out on the way. Remember in Numbers 10.29, you know the verse. <laughs> in 10.20, Moses is dealing with his father-in-law, and he invites his father-in-law to come with them. That's what Naomi should have done. Come with me. Come to my people. Meet my God. Come and meet this God. This is what Naomi should have done. We should be bringing in people in to meet our God. We should be bringing people in. We should always encourage those around us to come to the place of where the Lord is. You can go there. I'm going to the Lord. No. We should always try to bring those around us into the presence of God. We don't bring somebody here and go, you wait here, I'm going to the presence of the Lord. No, we need to bring that person in here. We need to bring them into the presence of the Lord. Naomi was telling her daughters to stay in the land and worship idols and false gods. What? What's the daughter of Abraham telling them to do that for? She knows that they're not supposed to worship idols. She knows the true living God. Was she ashamed of her daughters? What Was she ashamed of her daughters thinking, you know, when I take these daughters back, everybody's going to know that we broke God's commandments by allowing our boys to marry these, these girls. We allowed them to violate because sometimes we do try to hide our mistakes. We do try to hide our mistakes. In Proverbs 28, verse 13, it says this, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. You know, David knew that. David knew that all too well. And when he wrote of his confession in Psalm 51, he said to the Lord in verse 17 of Psalm 51, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Can't cover up our sin. How can you cover up a sin to an all-knowing God? How do you cover up a sin to a God who knows everything, sees everything? How do you do that? Well, we do it. 
He wants us to be forthright with him. Lord, I've sinned. Yeah, I know. I said the S word. Yeah, Lord, I, we sinned. I didn't want to do that, but I did. And I, I'm hardly sorry. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. We need to, we need to come to God on his terms, not our terms. God has specifics for us coming to him. We're broken and contrite heart. Is your heart broken over what happened, what you did? Or are you just sorry you got caught? There's a difference there. A broken and contrite heart. The Lord said, I won't despise these things if you come to me this way. But instead of being broken, we're going to find out later that Naomi was bitter. She was bitter. She was resentful towards God. Let's read verses 10 through 17. Well, actually, it's 11 through 15. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say, if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters. For it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept together. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. I love that verse. But Ruth clung to her. And she looked and she said, Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after her, your sister-in-law. Girls don't want to go. But Naomi is persistent. It's almost in verse 13 like she's blaming the Lord. And we're going to see a little bit more of this in, 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 as we get down here. The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. The hand of the Lord has come against me. She's referring here to her daughters about a practice that's found in Deuteronomy 25. Whereby if a woman loses her husband... It was the responsibility of the younger unmarried brother to marry the sister-in-law and then any children they would have would be given the name of the person who died. That was a practice that we see in Deuteronomy 25. It was a practice, a law. It came into being in the gospel several times. It came into being in the gospel several times. Tragedy is that Naomi did not present the one true living God of Israel in a positive way to her daughters. She suggests it was God's fault and that he was to blame for her circumstances. If she and the family had been walking with the Lord, the two daughters would have never have been brought to faith. If the family really had been walking with the Lord, then the two daughters would have been brought to faith and they would have wanted to go. God was not against Naomi. Yes, she has had some brutal circumstances, losing a husband, and two children had to be a brutal circumstance. But this happened because of bad choices when they went to Moab. But God still had a plan for her. God still had a plan for Naomi. He still had a future for her. He was still at work in her life. And we must always remember that no matter how bad things get, and even when we mess up, God's still at work in our lives. God is still working in our lives. Romans 8. 28, and we know he works all things together for good for those that are the called and love, uh, or those that love him are the called according to his purpose. Now, if you can't live by that, then you need to rip that page out of the Bible. God has a plan. God has a plan. We need to realize that he's not done with us yet. He has a plan. He has a future. He has a hope. 
What a different outlook we would have if you would just bring this to memory when we're going through a bad time. We'd be able to bring this to memory when we're going through a poor time if we were able to say, Lord, this doesn't look good. Lord, this doesn't feel good. Lord, I don't know what's happening. I'm in a little bit of turmoil here, but I know you have a plan. And I know somehow, some way, this is going to work out for good because that's what your word says, and I believe your word. See, that's how important the word of God is to us. We either believe the word of God or we don't. And you just can't pick and choose what verses you believe. You got to either believe it all the way from Genesis to Revelation or none of it. Either it's all true or none of it's true. You can't pick and choose. Three times, three times in verses 8, 11, and 12, Naomi said, go home, go back and worship foreign gods. Sadly, Orpha left. She makes a wrong decision and doesn't stay with Naomi. Interesting here is that her name means immature. Her name means immature. They had already started. Look at, look at, look at the verses we read. They had already started on their way to Bethlehem. Now, they were 50 miles away. We don't know how far they got. It doesn't tell us how far they got. It just tells us that they started on their way. And they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. Now, it was 50 miles away. Now, some way during that time, I don't know how what the timeline is here, but Naomi kept on saying, you guys got to go back. You guys got to go back to your own kind. You got to go back there. So she was close. She was close. She was close to coming into the land of God. She was close to coming into that land that God had given the Jews. She was close to getting to Bethlehem, the house of bread, to Judah, the house of praise. She was close to being there. Sometimes we are so close to the blessing of God that we turn away and go back and we miss it. Sometimes we're just this far away from the blessing of God. And we just can't wait any longer. We go to our own devices and we move out. Instead of waiting on God. Instead of waiting. Been there too many times. Been there too many times. Got the scars to prove. We wait upon God and then we don't wait until the end and we choose to do something wrong. And then we have to Pay the consequences. No, I hate the consequences. Every time, it's almost like the Lord is saying, Oy vey, you're that close. You're that close. He's calling right now saying, get back here. It's a text from the Lord. I love it. Three times on daughter leaves. She was so close, so close to the town of Bethlehem. He really must want she was so far away. Her heart must have been towards her own people. You know, sometimes we get hung up in things and, and we're trapped in an area that when we're coming back to the Lord, our heart is towards that. It's very difficult. Our heart is towards that thing that we know is bad for us, but our heart is towards that and it's tough to pull ourselves away. We need the Lord so desperately to help us in the midst of that. We need the Holy Spirit to come in and help us to move away from that thing that, that's dragging us down. And this is the problem with addictions. This is the problem with addictions. Our bodies physically need that stuff. We need that with everything we have, and we can't pull away. We need the Lord to help us to pull away from that stuff. It's so difficult to turn around sometimes. It's interesting that not only did Orpha leave, she's never mentioned again in Scripture. 
never mentioned again. We have no idea what became of him. We have no idea. But verse 14 ends with Ruth clinging to Naomi. Somehow that does my heart good. Sometimes that endears me. I love this about Ruth. She loved Naomi so much that she would not give up. She would not give up. She didn't care how many times she was told to go back. She was not going to give up. She had a resolve to follow Naomi. One commentator said this, Naomi was covering up, Orpha was giving up, but Ruth was prepared to stand up. I like that. I like that a lot. Ruth saw something or she felt something that made her want to stay. Maybe she saw God in Naomi, even in the midst of terrible circumstances. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've been in the midst of terrible circumstances. And I think I've been acting like a wild maniac. And then you have somebody come up to you and go, man, I tell you, I really saw the Lord in you where you're going through that circumstance. What? You know, you think you're going crazy. You think you're acting strangely, but somebody sees God in you. See, this is what I'm saying. Sometimes the circumstances we go through are not intended for us. They're intended for somebody else. Because every time you go through a circumstance, people look at your life. They're going to see how you're going to handle you getting fired from your job. They're going to see how, how you handle getting yelled at by your boss in front of everybody. They're going to see how you handle this and handle that, what you're going to do. They, they want to know. You're a Christian, well, prove it. Show me. So when you're going through a hard time, they're watching you. And it's great when someone comes and says, I don't know what got you through this. And that has a perfect opportunity to tell them about the Lord. Perfect opportunity to say, it's my relationship with Christ. I've had people come up to me, oh, is that religion? I said, no, you got it all wrong. It's Christ. It's the relationship with Christ. Let's look at verses um, 15 through 18. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Listen what Ruth says here in 16 and 17. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. You, your people, shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. <laughs> the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. She makes a conscious decision to go with Naomi. Please don't ask me anymore to follow my people. Don't tell me not to follow you. Had Ruth begun to trust God? It appears that way. Did Ruth find faith in the Lord? It certainly appears that way. She wanted to go with Naomi. She wanted her people to be, Naomi's people to be her people. She wanted Naomi's God to be her God. This is conversion, folks. This is conversion. This is conversion. These are the kind of things that every evangelist wants to hear. These are the kind of things. These are the kind of things that make you, as an evangelist, slobber at the mouth. I can just see Paul and Silas hanging in that jail, having those tombs. The earthquake comes, and the, and, the, and, the, and they say we're still here. And and the jailer says those words that every evangelist wants to hear. What must we do to be saved? What? You're kidding me. This is what we want to hear. I want your God to be my God. You want what? Ruth wasn't blaming God. She was trusting God. 
Ruth says, the Lord do to me, and more so if anything but death parts us. She was clearly accepting the God of Israel, Jehovah, to be her God. This is heartfelt conversion. Pure and simple. What do you see in this? I see the amazing sovereignty of God extending his grace to a Gentile because in Deuteronomy 23.3, there is a divine law given by God that excludes Moabites and the Ammonites from being in the assembly of the Lord. Nothing but the divine grace of God being thrown out upon this Moabite, this Gentile woman. But God's grace overcomes the law, doesn't it? God's grace overcomes the law. And by trusting in God and throwing herself on, the mer on his mercy, Ruth experienced God's grace in a huge way. Folks, this is a picture of us. This is a picture of us throwing ourselves on the cross of Jesus Christ. This is a picture of ourselves coming to a God and saying, I want you to be my God. I want you to be my Savior. I believe in what you've done on the cross, and I ask for forgiveness of sin. We may have been excluded from God because of the law. But Christ came to fulfill the law, and in him we have fulfilled the law of God. We find grace in God's sovereignty through faith in Jesus Christ. What a beautiful picture. What a gorgeous picture. And, and, and I, there's, there's, some, there's eight, nine verses that I have to read to you. Nine verses that I have to read to you. And I go, I, I go to them often because it gives me such, such solace. It gives me such hope. It gives me such, such joy in my heart when I read them. The second chapter of Ephesians, beginning in verse 1, he says, and you, he's talking about us Gentiles, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. But... God, oh, stay there a minute. This is what you were. Verse 3, conducted ourselves according to the lust of the flesh. Conducted ourselves to the desires of the flesh and the mind. We were children of wrath. But God, see the U-turn? See how it turns automatically? This is what you were. This is who you were, but God. But God, then it says, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, did what? Made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man could boast. Oh my. Oh my. This is what you were. This is what you were. You were walking in total darkness. You read so much and see so much. I saw a t-shirt the other day on the Wildwood Boardwalk that says, I'm training for the zombie apocalypse. What? Zombie apocalypse? 
Well, guess what, folks? Guess what, folks? I was a zombie. What is a zombie? Somebody tell me. The Walking Dead. Is that not a zombie, The Walking Dead? Well, guess what? According to Ephesians 2, I was a zombie because I was walking dead in my sins, but God. But God. Maybe you've fallen. Maybe you've slipped a little bit and you fell into something that you didn't want to do. But God. Maybe you're struggling with an illness. Maybe you're struggling you can't come over an illness. But God. I can't read that, those verses without really getting charged up. I mean, there, there are some great verses. You ever get stuck in a low place? You ever get stuck in a valley that you can't see to see the light of day? I challenge you to take your Bible out and read those nine verses. Read those nine. Ruth had experienced some really difficult times. Losing a father-in-law, losing a husband. Her sister-in-law left her, and now her mother-in-law is leaving and wants to leave her behind. But Ruth here is trusting in the Lord and not her circumstances, even though everything was seemingly against her. She could have easily said this, folks. After Naomi said, look what the Lord has against me. She could have even said, if this is the way the God of Israel, Jehovah, treats his people, I don't want any part of him. No, she knew that wasn't true. She knew that wasn't true. Many people think this way. Many people think that our God is nothing but a God of wrath with a great big wooden spoon up there ready to whack you in the head when you do something wrong. Many people don't understand the grace of God. They don't understand God completely because they ask. They ask about the Dallas situation. They ask about the Orlando situation. They ask it at 9-11. They ask it all the time. Where was God in the middle of all this? It was right there. Most agree, most scholars that I've read, that Ruth's statement in verses 16 and 17 are the most magnificent confessions of faith. When you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1, you find the names of five women. The five women in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Four of them have extremely questionable backgrounds. Extremely questionable backgrounds. First you have Tamar, who had incest with her father-in-law, Judah. Judah! You had Rahab, who was a harlot. You have, they don't even mention her name. They call her the wife of Uriah, who happened to be Bathsheba, who had adultery with David. And then you have Ruth, who was the outcast as a Moabitess. How did they ever get into the genealogy in the line of the Messiah? Through the sovereign grace of God, through God's mercy and His long-suffering, not willing that anyone should perish, they're there. You are Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Obedience can be difficult when life hits you with hard things or when your flesh desires to go its own way. But in the book of Ruth, we learn about the importance of obedience and the blessing that comes with it. Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz reflect different characteristics of God that you can learn from. Things like sacrifice, faith, and loyalty, each of them committed to living a life of honor and righteousness before the Lord, no matter how complicated life got. 
We're so glad you joined us today to study the book of Ruth. If you'd like to hear this message again or others from Pastor Dave, be sure to visit our website, assurehoperadio.com. Feel free to share any teachings you find there. If you have questions or would like us to pray with you, please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We'd be honored to pray with you. Are you looking for a church home? If so, we'd love for you to join us here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship and Bible study, and we do have child care available. You can get directions and more information when you visit assurehoperadio.com. If you can't be with us in person just yet, that's okay. We're still streaming our weekly services online through Facebook. Visit our website to connect. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. That's all the time we have for today. We hope you'll join us next time for another edition of Assure Hope.